You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Lascaux and I'm hosting today's program and I am giggling. Why am I giggling? Am I being tickled? No, I am not being tickled. No tickling is allowed in the studio. There's a big sign up on the wall. Okay, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, no, it's not what just happened at the election a few days ago. An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society which is based on the creation of political and social and cultural structures which are based on equal decision-making power and equal access to wealth. Why those two important concepts? Well, it's inequalities in power, inequalities in wealth, which give people the ability to determine the lives of millions of people, if not tens of millions of people. So the anarchist struggle is the struggle to share power through direct democratic means and the struggle to hold wealth in common. So if you're involved in that struggle, it doesn't matter how you're involved, I've got some really bad news for you. You're an anarchist. Your mum was right. You're an anarchist. You've always been an anarchist. You were born an anarchist. All right, let's move on. Good ship Australia, steady as she goes. Now, I could see all the tears and joy among the Australian people because we now have a Labor government in power. And I can understand people, people's uh, excitement. I mean, being part of the uh, Senate election here in Victoria... I can understand their excitement that there's a change of government. So what's happened? Well, within 24 to 36 hours of that change of government, we see the new Prime Minister, Mr Albanese, turn up in, I think it was Tokyo or somewhere, you know, uh, for the Quad meeting with the United States, uh, Japan, India and the US. And what does he do? He signs up to the American alliance all the way with LBJ. Yeah, in the 60s, if you were, if you were around then, to remember that slogan, signs up with the American alliance. And what was the main outcome of that meeting three days ago? Well, if the Chinese invade Taiwan... America will respond militarily, and that means we respond militarily. It's that simple. So while they talked about an independent foreign policy focused on the South Pacific, it hasn't happened. It has not happened. 
So as far as the good ship Australia is concerned, it's steady as she goes. And on the same day or the day after, I heard the um, the new treasurer talk about the fact that they had to turn back a boat with eight Sri Lankan refugees. So the good ship Australia, steady as she goes, seems to be the political, social and cultural drive of the new ALP, of the ALP-dominated um, federal government. Now, I'm always happy to give the new kids on the block a go because you may think this is carping, but I'm not, I'm just, you know, I think people need to be realistic. This is not a brand new day. Those of you who remember the... Uh, Aboriginal, the Indigenous uh, play, Brand New Day, from a few decades ago, need to understand that this is not a brand new day. This was a an election which elected a government which has a mildly reformist agenda. This is not the type of government that came into power when the Whitlam-Lib Labor government was ushered into power in 1972, where over a four-year period they passed more legislation as far as reforms were concerned than every government combined since Federation. And this is not that type of government, and I'll tell you why. Because the Whitlam-Labor government was elected as a result of widespread protest, dissatisfaction, organising public meetings and their agenda had a much more radical tinge than this Labor government which has been incorporated into the private investment for private profit uh, mantra, totally incorporated. This is the type of Labor government which has put forward Liberal Party policies which were put forward in the 70s before the corporatisation, deregulation, um, globalisation, privatisation agenda set in about during the Hawke-Keating period. So if you are expecting the earth to shake for you over the next few years, the only way the earth is going to shake for you is if you yourself make it shake. Because that's the reality that we face. The good ship Australia, steady as she goes, is the current political ideology which is driving this government. And why? For one very good reason. Because power continues to reside in the hands of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. That equation has not changed. It has not changed in any way. So I am very happy to support, and I'm sure most of the listeners are happy to support, any of the mildly reformist agendas which the Labor Party will be able to pursue. 
But this is a period where the Labor Party needs courage. With support from the Greens and various independents who've got a more radical agenda, this is the time the Labor Party should break out of the ideological privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, deregulation, straitjacket it has been encased in for over four decades because we need to be looking at new ways of raising revenue, new ways of organising. It's exceptionally important that we do that. Now, I'm very realistic. You know, I stood as a Senate candidate in the Victorian state election. And obviously the amount of support that the policies that I uh, elucidated were a minimal, marginal at the very best. And once the Senate vote is finalised in Victoria, I will discuss it. But the thing is, what this election has proven is a number of things. One, if you want to conduct a House of Representatives campaign and be successful, you need at least a million dollars behind you. It is no accident that the seats which went to the Teal independents were seats where people are socially progressive and economically conservative. It's no accident they were able to raise that money. Secondly, I think the other lesson we need to understand is the National Party which didn't lose any seats, although its vote decreased, is a total drag on this country. And while regional and rural Australians continue to support the National Party because they think it looks after them, not agribusiness, which it is the agribusiness party, they will continue to be let down as far as water is concerned, as far as climate change is concerned, and the list goes on and on. Now, the National Party, to a significant degree, is one of the main reasons that the Liberal Party failed at this election. Because in order to maintain the coalition, the Liberal Party decided not to address important issues like the climate emergency, gender inequality, and the list goes on and on. And the sooner the coalition, the so-called coalition between the Liberal and National Party is broken, the sooner we'll be in a position to actually marginalise the National Party and what it stands for. It was good to see a number of independents tackle the National Party in safe seats, like Nichols in Victoria. Although the candidate there, Mr Priestley, managed to achieve only a 22% uh, vote, people voting for him, at least there was that pressure put against the National Party, the Liberal and Nationals who stood candidates in that, in that seat and exchanged preferences. So if the National Party thinks that it can continue ad nauseum to promote policies which are counterproductive as far as rural and regional Australia is concerned, they will get their wake-up call sooner than later.
Now let's look at the Liberal Party. Now when I spoke about the ALP and uh, spoke about the ALP, uh, the new ALP government, the mildly reformist agenda, in many regards the agenda which the ALP is now conducting in this country is very similar to Liberal Party agendas in the past. Before deregulation, privatisation, globalisation and corporatisation captured the hearts and minds of the Liberal Party. Because you see, the Liberal Party is no longer a Liberal Party. It's not about personal freedom and it's not about independent small business. It's about the corporate world. For far too long, the Liberal Party has basically been taken over by two groups. One, the Institute of so-called Public Affairs, the Institute, I call them, of Private Affairs types, like Mr Wilson, Tim Wilson, who lost the seat, you know, the blue ribbon seat of Goldstein to a teal independent in Victoria, and religious fundamentalists. They have both targeted the Liberal Party and have taken over the Liberal Party. And anybody with a social conscience, anybody who was anybody, who was interested in the welfare of the people in this country, has now been removed from the Liberal Party. And the election of Dutton has the head of the Liberal Party is the best thing that can happen to the Liberal Party because it will mean the extinction of this party which lost its way ages ago. This is the Liberal Party is not the Liberal Party. It hasn't been for decades. The Labor Party, the alternative Liberal Party, is not the Labor Party. It hasn't been for decades. The centralization of power and wealth in fewer and fewer hands has been used to dictate the parliamentary agenda in such a way that the legislation which is passed through Parliament will continue to be passed through Parliament promotes the corporate sector before public interests. And that's why five years ago we formed public interests before corporate interests in an attempt to redress that change. It needs to be redressed because currently the thinking in the alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Albanese-led Labor Party and the defunct Liberal Party masquerading as some freedom-loving you know, small business party needs to be exposed for what it is. Now, the growth of the Green vote and the growth of the Teal independent vote does not necessarily mean a change in this country's political, social, cultural agenda or trajectory. Because for far too long, most Australians have been incorporated into the private investment for private profit mantra which dictates the type of society we have today. Think about it. 
you know, if you if you want a reform agenda or a revolutionary agenda, even a you know mildly reform agenda, it's what happens in between elections which is critical, which determines the issues which are debated and which people make decisions about during an election. Now, I know there are many people listening to this program who vote informally or don't vote because they're so disgusted with the whole system. But that's not enough. It is not enough. If you're one of those people who doesn't vote or votes informal as a protest, well, then you need to be active in between elections. They don't really care whether you vote or don't vote. What they care about at the end of the day is those numbers which determine who dominates the parliamentary agenda. So if you are one of those people, I encourage you to get involved in activities in between election. Now, if you're one of those people who votes Greens or Independents, it's the same story. If you leave it up to the political parties to determine the agenda, the only agenda which will be put up is the same agenda, time and time again. See, see, democracy isn't just rule of the people, by the people, for the people. A democracy is much more than that. It's people actively participating in activity, protests, strikes, whatever, sit-ins in between elections and by their actions influencing the type of legislative agenda which is taken up by political parties. So this is a call to arms. If you think that the election of an Albanese-led Labor government is going to resolve the issues as far as inequalities in power and wealth is concerned, think again. The only people who are capable of resolving those issues is us, you, me, and the people you mix with. Whether it's in the virtual world or the real world or your own world, it's us, because we are the people we've been waiting for. To rely on the major political parties and even the minor political parties to do the work for you and wait till the next election is an abrogation of our responsibility as active citizens in this world. Every piece of reformist legislation that has occurred in Australian history has not occurred because some political party has said, oh, isn't that a good idea? It's occurred because members of that party and people outside that party agitated for that change, whether it's the introduction of Medibank or Medicare during the 70s, introduction of pensions post-World War II, and the list goes on and on, introduction of public education. All these reforms 
came by applying pressure through direct action. You listen to the Atticus World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscan. I'm hosting today's program. If you want to join public interest before corporate interest, you can do it online. You can go to info at pipsy.net or just go to pipsy.net. Uh, if you don't want to do it online, you can always download an application form. And if you can't, if you're not uh, not interested in computers, you can always leave a message on zero four three nine three nine five four eight nine zero four three nine three nine five four eight nine, and I'll send you out some application forms. Now, as I said before, the struggle for change begins on the day after the election is held. And it continues for three hundred and sixty for over for um, what is it about one thousand one hundred and what twenty days until the election is held. So it's up to you. So if you're waiting for those reforms to trickle down, don't forget about the pushback that you will see from the corporate-owned media, the government guild at ABC, and various sections of society against any reform agenda. The white anting, the lies, the conspiracies began on Sunday. Even a mildly reformist agenda which the Labor Party is promising can pose a threat to that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication and the 8% of Australians who are part of that investment class. These are the people who keep this, the good ship Australia, going on a steady-as-she-goes course. Let's move on. Obviously, there are much more important things to talk about. Well, maybe I'm being facetious. 3CR Radiophone. Yes, Now, 3CR is one of the few radio stations in this country that is able to broadcast independent opinions and views. People listen to 3CR and and people listen to the Anarchist World this week and a number of 3CR programs through the Community Radio Network because of the fresh analysis they provide about what's happening in our society today. Now, 3CR does not rely on corporate donations. It does not rely on government grants. It exists as a federation of groups, and the Anarchist Anarchist Media Institute is one of those members of the federation, to provide independent analysis and ideas to listeners. Now, the 3CR Radiophone, which will be held in the first and second, uh, second and third week of June, is an important mechanism by which money is raised to ensure the station continues to be independent and you can continue to listen to programs like Anarchist Will This Week. Now, this year, my Radiophone target is $15,000. Now, you think that's an extraordinary amount of money. I mean, some people spend that money on a bottle of wine. 
some people spend that money on a good lunch for them and their friends. It may be an extraordinary amount of money to the listeners of 3CR who are mainly find themselves, uh, they're not part of the uh, investment class or the 1% that own the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication. But every dollar which is raised helps to keep programs like the Anarchist World this week on air. Now, the June the 15th has been designated as Radio Fond Day for the Anarchist World this week. And we broadcast normally from 10am to 11am on a Wednesday. Now, previous donors to the Free CR Radio Fond via the Anarchist World this week will be receiving material in the next day or two urging you to donate. Now, you can donate for two reasons. Now, obviously, we all pay tax. If you think you don't pay tax because you're a social security beneficiary, think again. You pay goods and services tax. You pay excise on petrol. You pay excise on cigarettes. You pay excise on tobacco. You pay taxes if you, you know, you go to the pokies and the list goes on and on. So there are many tax variations of tax. So if you don't pay income tax and you donate to the 3CR radio fund, you get a warm inner glow as well as a nice thank you letter. But, and this is the great thing about the 3CR radio fund and the anarchist world this week, if you donate, if you pay income tax, you can do something that the rich and famous and not so famous are famous for. Sorry for the tautology there. Minimising their tax burden legally. I keep saying to listeners to the anarchist world this week, if you pay income tax, this is your chance to be one of the rich and famous or infamous and legally minimise your tax. Every donation to the 3CR radio fund if you over $2 if you pay income tax and you've paid that donation by the 30th of June the end of the financial year is a taxable deductible item now if you're not happy with the militarization of australia and the fact that 9 10 or was it 3 4 5 6% of your tax revenue goes into the military apparatus or if you're not happy that your tax goes to a fuel excise to people like Palmer and Forrest to save them a bit of money, well, this is one chance to get it, to get, get, it, get one back on the government. Keep 3CR on air, get a legal legitimate tax deduction and uh, decrease your contribution to the state. What could be such... It's a perfect win-win situation. So... The 3CR Radio Fond, as far as Anarchist World This Week is concerned, will be on Wednesday, the 15th of June, from 10am to 11am. I'm hoping to raise $15,000 during that period. Now, you can ring in during that period, and I'll give you further information as we get closer to the day, or you can, or you can send your donation now. There are many ways you can send your donation, and uh, if you go to 3cr.org.au, you can find out how you can send your donation. Because remember, this is the 45th year 
I have been broadcasting on 3CR. And I think it's almost 20 years since the Anarchist World This Week has been broadcast via the community radio network to radio stations across this country. I can assure you nobody else would have given me that privilege. And it is a privilege to be able to broadcast every week and look at what's happening around the world and attempt, and the key word is attempt, we can only attempt to give an analysis of what's happening and to provide alternatives. It's a privilege. And I'm extended that privilege via Community Radio 3CR and the Community Radio Network. Now, the last thing I want, and I've seen it happen in the past, is somebody to tap me on the shoulder and tell me to piss off. Now, I'll explain how it goes. And this happened to me about 25 years ago. I know it's a long time ago, but I've got a long memory. At one stage, I was invited on a national overnight program on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation during the Howard era, right? I mean, it was an excellent opportunity to, 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 to raise a radical analysis. I was raising a radical anarchist analysis on national ABC radio. Within a few months of that uh, analysis beginning, the presenter of the program, who'd been there for over a decade, was tapped on the shoulders and was told she had to have balance. So a National Party senator, Mr McGoran, was given the task of coming down to the ABC studios in Melbourne and having a chat, a three-way chat, regarding the issues of the week. Now, obviously, obviously, the analysis that I was able to provide using an anarchist framework caused a little bit of consternation. And what happened is, within two months, that show was taken off the air. This was an overnight program that had been broadcast for over 10 years The presenter who'd been there for over 10 years was relegated to the back rooms of the ABC. Fortunately, she she was a full-time employee, not a contract employee, and never broadcast again, although continued to work for the ABC. And this is what happens when you don't have independence, because the Piper calls the tune. It's very simple. So the beauty about the 3CR is for over almost 50 years, almost 50 years, I think it's 46 years since it started in 76. Now I began here in 77. The beauty is it cannot be tapped on the shoulder. It can be closed down through legislation and various governments have tried at the state and federal level over the years But it cannot be financially killed because of the support of the listeners. And I encourage you to donate to the 3CR radio fund, not just to the Anarchist World this week, but many other programs which you may listen to, because this is not a government-funded channel. It is not 
a private funded channel. It is a federation of community organisations which have come together to give a voice to opinions you will never hear. For example, look at this election we've just had. Now, Mr Palmer, who spent $70 to $80 million, was able to organise his own advertising. Good luck to him. Not that it did him much good. The government gelded at ABC did its very best not to interview any uh, candidates that had uh, alternative viewpoints. The corporate-owned media shunned, shunned any uh, electors, any, any candidates that had a, an alternative viewpoint or tried to make fun of them. I mean, that's the way it works. So at the end of the day, it wasn't for community stations like 3CR you wouldn't have actually had alternative viewpoints put forward at this election. So, I encourage you to vote for the 3CR radio font. I mean, not to vote, to donate to the 3CR radio font. You know, two things, warm in the glow, pay income tax, tax deduction. Now, if you're concerned that you can only donate $5, don't be concerned because a $5 donation from somebody on Social Security benefit is equal to the $100 million that Mr Fox gave to the National Gallery of Victoria so he have naming rights over the new gallery. It's all about percentages. It's all about percentages. And it's percentage of income that, w- that that is important. So if you can only spare $5, in my opinion, and the opinion of the people here at 3CR, that $5 is worth $100 million from somebody like Mr Fox. And you won't find the rich and famous and not so famous and the infamous donating to the 3CR radio font. The people who are donate to the 3CR radio font are those to appreciate the fact that we can provide an alternative viewpoint. And those people who listen to the Community Radio Network, I encourage you to donate to the radio station which broadcasts the Anarchist World this week in your part of Australia. Because it's through the listener support of community radio, which gives community radio that independence that it needs in order to propagate uh, alternative, or I actually call them mainstream viewpoints. Because if you look at Australian history, it's littered, littered with examples of campaigns which started from tiny little community radio stations which have over time snowballed into massive changes in this society, massive cultural and social changes. And it came through community radio and it came through the fact that community radio can be independent. Many community radio stations are not independent. But community radio 3CR and the Community Radio Network are independent organisations. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. 
Now, again, I think most people have forgotten that it's Reconciliation Week commences on the 26th of May. The 26th of May and ends on the 3rd of June. This is a relatively new entity, Reconciliation Week. But it's an exceptionally important entity. It's one way that the Australian population can acknowledge the prior occupation of this land by this country's First Nations people and acknowledge the unfinished business that exists between these two groups. Now, Reconciliation Day starts with National Sorry Day on the 26th of May. Now, National Sorry Day highlights a chapter in Australian history which is chinningly brutal. It highlights a post-genocidal assimilation legislation where children were removed from their families, not because of issues, but because of the colour of their skin. And the whole purpose of this assimilation process was to to smooth the pillow of a dying race, using the words that were used. And the intergenerational harm that was done to these children continues till today. It's an extraordinary decades in Australian history that was incorporated in this country's legislative agenda. And it wasn't until, was it about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that Mr Rudd, the Prime Minister, actually apologised. But he didn't apologise on behalf of the Australian people. He apologised on behalf of the Australian Parliament. Big difference. And even today, in 2022, the call for reconciliation continues to be ignored. So 26th of May, look around. There may be some activity organised in your part of the woods. I encourage you to find what's going on, participate. 3rd of June, Mark's Mobile Day. Now, Mabo Day is an extraordinary day for a number of reasons. The first thing is that this country was colonised on the basis of terra nullius. Although Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders had lived on this continent for over 60,000 years, it was determined by the British colonisers that this land belonged to no one. And the legal fiction that this land... It's legal fiction, legal fiction, in legislation, legal fiction, that this land belonged to no one, existed between 1788 and 1992, up till 30 years ago. 
After an extraordinarily tenacious legal challenge, which lasted over 10 years, which was conducted by three Torres Strait Islanders, Father Rice, Eddie Marbo, and unfortunately the name of the third person escapes me currently, because of their activities, their intransigence, they were able to show the High Court of this country that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders had prior rights to land because of their continuous occupation of this land. Now, a lot of people, you know, tend to dismiss Marbo Day 30 years later. They think, well, you know, it didn't actually deliver all the things the High Court judgment should have delivered. Obviously, it didn't deliver what the High Court judgment should have delivered. It didn't deliver it because of the bucket loads of extinguishment which were passed through Parliament to water down the High Court judgment in such a way as to make it a nightmare for Indigenous people to claim rights, which they theoretically had in law. Then you had the WIC decision regarding oceans, and the list goes on and on and on. And even today, twenty, you know, 30 years later, we find different Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander groups battling each other in order to claim recognition by the state. And there are a number of cases currently in the federal court, especially in Victoria, which you know, promotes the idea of reconciliation heavily regarding these disputes. So Reconciliation Week is important. Now, if you are a listener to this program in Melbourne or Victoria and you find yourself in Melbourne on the 3rd of June, uh, the Anarchist Media Institute with the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation once again is hosting a small gathering in Federation Square next to the flagpoles with the Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and Australian flag at midday, Friday the 3rd of June, to which you are welcome. Uh, the late Ellen Jose, a Torres Strait Islander living in Melbourne, my wife, you know, we lived in Melbourne for over 40 years before she died, began these Marbo Day celebrations after the successful 2002 Marbo Day celebration, which was held in Melbourne, courtesy of the Melbourne City Council, which was one of the biggest gatherings on Marbo Day ever seen in this country. And we continue to respect her memory and respect the memory of Eddie Marbo, Father Rice and the other litigant and the effect that the High Court judgment has had on Australian relationships. So this is a particularly important issue and I encourage you very strongly to look around where you live. Contact your local council. There's flag-raising ceremonies across the country. There are many activities that are designed to promote the reconciliation process. And you must admit that Indigenous people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, are exceptionally tolerant people. Would you be willing to reconcile with somebody who killed members of your family, ripped families apart through forced assimilation policies, marginalised and criminalised you for generations? I wouldn't. 
But most Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders are happy to go down this path because they understand that truth-telling is the first step towards the implementation of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscan. I'm hosting today's program. Now let's move on. Public housing. Now there was one thing about this federal election was the poverty of arguments regarding public housing. The poverty of arguments. For far too long, state and federal governments, especially the Victorian state government and successive federal governments, have been hell-bent on privatising public housing through community, social, affordable housing networks, which are privately owned. It's an abrogation of the responsibility of a government to provide shelter for the people living in the area it controls. Total abrogation. And for some reason, the word public has become some type of four-letter word, although it's a six-letter word. You know, it's extraordinary. Now, last four years ago, or three and a half years ago, before the last Victorian state election, I was involved in organising a 10-day protest, 24 hours a day, for 10 days, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House before the Victorian state election. 10 days, holding up a banner, promoting public housing. And we had many, many people participate in that protest. I stood as a candidate against the housing minister, Mr Foley, obviously with minimal success. But the pressure we were able to put on the state, Victorian state government was so immense that they promised two weeks before the election was held, concerned about the future of their election campaign, their Achilles heel, their position on public housing, they promised to build 1,000 new public housing units within the next four years. Have they built any? No. Have they allocated a dollar to planning to build these public houses? No. So this year, I'm, with the help of other people, I'm planning a number of activities which will put public housing as well as public hospitals and public education at the forefront of the political campaign. Let's not forget the Liberal Party in Victoria hasn't one synapsing neuron between them. The ideas they are promoting reflect the Institute of Private Affairs and religious fundamentalist domination of what's left of the Liberal National Party. They were in such a state of disarray. They had to call back the previous leader to lead the Liberal Party to the next election in Victoria. As I said, they haven't got one synapsing neuron amongst a lot of them. 
Not one synapse in your own. Not one original idea. The same garbage that we see at the federal level, but worse. So the dilemma that we face as act- activists, radical activists in this country, the dilemma we face is there is no opposition. So we need to become the opposition to the Australian Labor Party agenda. I mean, the Australian Labor Party doesn't even exist in Victoria. The branches have been suspended because of corrupt behaviour within many branches. The branches have been suspended. So what we see is a small faction of what's left of the ALP dominating who will stand and, more importantly, dominating the agenda. And we see the Labor Party pushing policies which promote so-called private-public partnerships in many areas of life, and the transurban debacle is just one of them, which highlights the fact that they're very, 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 very cosy with the corporate sector. Their whole policy is about keeping the corporate sector on side through construction contracts. We have the ridiculous situation where construction, for construction's sake, seems to be the primary focus of the state Victorian branch of of the ALP, where the Andrews-led government continues to push this construction for construction site agenda because what it does, it keeps the construction companies happy, keeps the corporate world happy, but at the same time they've abrogated their responsibility to the Victorian people who have no options. Why would you vote for the Liberal Party, a party which hasn't one synapsing neuron among the lot of them. Not one synapse in your own. An opposition that has no credibility. So it's up to us as the next state election is on the horizon at the end of November to get involved in activities to raise issues regarding public health, public education, public housing, because no Body else is going to do it. And the dilemma is, most of the organisations you would have expected to support a public housing campaign or a public health campaign or a public education campaign have now been totally incorporated into the system. They rely on government grants to survive. As I said before, this radio, radio station I'm broadcasting from the Community Radio Network does not rely on government grants to survive. So we have this situation where all the religious-based organisations to provide so-called services to people in difficulty are now bound by contracts where they can't speak out. They're bound by contracts which help to extend their empire. That's right. So there's nobody left. There's only people like us. I mean, the public health system in Victoria is in a diabolical state, $2 billion or no $2 billion extra. We had a situation in this this state with a triple O system, which is partially privatised, couldn't even answer calls and people were dying. 
we have a public education sector where we have private charities asking us to give money to sponsor Australian children to go to public schools. It's an extraordinary situation. As I said before, we've got plans for this state election and in the next few weeks we will outline those plans and obviously we will need your support because, as I said before, there is no credible opposition left in Victoria. Liberal Party, not one synapsing neuron between them. No policy. Policy vacuum. The ALP, basically there as a corporate-based party. The branches have been suspended. The construction industry seems to be calling the tune. Public health, public education, public housing, ignored for far too long. As I said before, it's people like you and me that are the backbone of any opposition to the current uh, policies which have been pursued by both the National, sorry, the Liberal Party and the ALP. Well, a little bit to think about. Now, don't forget the Free CR Radiothon on the uh, 15th of June. I want to raise $15,000, which I think is a miserably low target, but we'll see if we can get there. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. Don't forget the public housing, everybody's business uh, vigils on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, 12 to 1 every Thursday. Don't forget Marbo Day, June the 3rd, midday, Federation Square, next to the flagpoles. And the important thing is, as I said before, Irrespective of how you voted, who you voted for, whether you didn't vote, whether you voted informal, what determines the agenda, the parliamentary agenda, is determined by what you do in between those elections. Without your activity and your involvement, nothing will ever change. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger! You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.